To what's this Dao all about? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn what's this Dao all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to What's This Dao All About? Your uh monthly, maybe sometimes bi-monthly, who knows, a uh, place where maybe you can feel just a little bit sane in this uh, crazy world that we live in. I'm Todd Perry, and with me is the doctor, the great Dr. Carl Totten, and on today's show we're going to talk about the Tao of self-discipline. We're gonna talk, we've got a listener voicemail that came from uh, Australia, and we've got Chapter 7 of the Tao Te Ching, and first of all, I'd like to talk with Dr. Carl Totten about a great experience he had with a listener of recent. Yeah, very, very nice to be here. Uh, I guess you and I, Todd, we're kind of the time trippers. You know, we're we're kind of like, uh, you know, you know, what the Doctor Who, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of tripping through time here, trying to uh, make sane sense out of a. A world that seems increasingly crazy. Yeah, the, the further we go oh, along yeah. here, you know. Oh yes. So you had uh, someone from the military reached yeah, out well, to you after listening to our well, show. Uh, you know, you never know who's out there listening. You know, here we've had what six hundred thousand downloads over the years, something outrageous yeah. like that. And one of the um, persons who was listening was actually a um the commander of a of an air force base and uh, he's one of our regular listeners and he uh particularly uh enjoyed me talking about you know wellness and self-care kind of psychological and physical uh kind of holistic wellness and self-care and how important that is and that's one of my specialties you know as a clinical psychologist and so he contacted me and invited me to uh, film uh, to videotape a segment that he could show to the troops uh, about uh, wellness and self-care, and he put it together. And we you know we met in a park, in a beautiful um, you know outside in, environment in nature, so we could we could be uh, you know physically distance apart, <laughs> and uh, we filmed you know for he it was supposed to be maybe ten minutes. It turned out it was closer to an hour, <laughs> and so. He divided my segment into uh, like four equal segments, and in his uh, regular uh, talk as the commander to his uh, troops, he interspersed these four segments of me in there teaching his um, uh, the officers and enlisted personnel in, on his base to be able to take care of themselves. You know, they're working long shifts these days, and um, 
you know, everyone is stressed out, and they're even more stressed out since they, they're, you know, they they have uh, police law enforcement duties, they have security, base security duties. Uh, they're under enormous pressure, and uh, and that if, and when you're under enormous pressure, things like you know sleep and regular nutrition and um, uh, mood, you know, become. Um, stressed and so people start to show a lot of symptoms of distress you know when that's happening uh in terms of anxiety and uh, depression and feeling uh you know that uh, you know one is not as efficient and effective as one might hope to be and so he had me you know present this segment you know to the to the base you know as a as a means of helping uh our military actually become uh, moved to a higher level of of readiness, and he was uh, really ecstatic, you know, with the results. And uh, I really hope that it helps, uh, you know, a, a number of people, you know, who are kind of, you know, putting their lives on the line, you know, for the rest of us. And uh, you know, they need uh, help too in learning how to function at a higher level. And I thought it was very interesting that he came to that through what's this Dow all about. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, it's incre- It's incredible to think that you know we did this show, and I thought, oh, you know, we're going to get about 150 hippies <laughs> tuning in every week, and uh, now we've got you know the the message or whatever that you're you're spreading and that we're spreading uh, reached all the way to the military, and for them to be interested in it is just a wonderful thing, and it shows how the wisdom of the Tao uh, kind of cross applies. Uh, it, it applies to everything. It also is very valuable to places that are authoritarian, like the military. And you know, you know as we know, uh, much of uh, Lao Tzu's, um, you know, advice was really aimed towards the leaders, because he, you know, he yes. wanted them to uh, be more effective leaders by understanding how our inner nature as human beings can be in alignment with the external, all-inclusive nature of the Tao or the universe. And when those are in alignment, our lives become better, uh, more fulfilled and more meaningful. You know, I see a future for you, Dr. Totten, where you end up becoming one of these, like, you know, they have like chaplains in the military Mm -hmm. where you become the first Taoist chaplain (laughs) and you get elevated and you get this, these cool fatigues and everything, but you've got, a big, um, you got an American flag, and then also you have like a big on my back, right on. You know, and maybe you've got one of those helmets that says like "War is Hell" on the side, like you know, from Full Metal Jacket. You know, you know I, 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 I don't know of any uh, really Taoist kind of chaplains in the military. They do have some, I think, that are Buddhist, but uh, I, I've never heard of a Taoist one in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that means it might be you. You know, sometimes when you think, I've never heard of that, then that 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 then that's your job. <laughs> you well, maybe I can be like I am, like I just did. I can be a consultant. I think I'm a bit over the age of enlistment. <laughs> okay. Well, no, th- the cool thing will be, it's like you have to go out to the front lines, and you know they've they've got the Taoist chaplain out there, but then they don't realize. That you've got these tremendous kung fu skills, <laughs> so you know the milit- you know the 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 enemy is advancing, and everybody's like, "Oh no, what do we do? We're all out of ammunition." And then you pull out like some size or you know some swords, and then you really go to work on the enemy. I think that's the action movie we have for you, Doctor Totten. No, I'd suggest that we all do mindful meditation together. 
<laughs> yes. So speaking of that, um, I was thinking to myself about a personal problem I have of many. Um, I'm not a perfected being in any way. Doing this show and working with you has made me a much happier, healthier human being. Uh, but obviously, there's always stuff to be working on. And I find, and I think probably, I think everybody listening probably on some level thinks that they don't have the level of self-discipline that they'd like. I think maybe even the most disciplined human being is still like, uh, you know, I falter from time to time, you know, on things. By the way, that's um, called being human. <laughs> yes, I have this. Okay, my problem is I'm human, Dr. Oh, Tom, my goodness. How do you help me? <laughs> Let's start at base one. Yeah. I was born in the wrong species, <laughs> Dr. Tutton. Uh, so I was just thinking to myself, like, I always have, you know, one of the things we always talk about on the show about is about how the Tao is always returning, mm -hmm. right? And I kind of see that in my week. Monday starts off and I'm disciplined. I've got my structure for my day where, you know, I'm balancing my work life, my creative life, my family life. Um, trying to live healthy, you know, all this stuff. And then by the time the weekend comes around, it's Sunday and I'm cracking a beer at noon and watching the Raiders. And on Monday morning, I'm like, oh, I got to get my life back together. And then, um, uh, and then on Monday, I take my shower. And that's when I usually go, and the Tao is returning. I'm returning. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to, you know, get back into my uh, regular routines that I think are good, but always, you know, it's tough to every day keep up an exercise routine or to always eat right or um, to always make sure that your focus is on what's most important in your family and to meditate and all these things I try to do. Um, so, you know, it's always like, ah, I, just, I want a little bit more discipline. But at the same time, when it comes to Taoism, I feel it's a little tough for me to square the circle with self-discipline because a lot of Taoism, the, the approach to things is kind of being in the moment, being natural, going with the flow, kind of being against regimented living or strict structures. Um, so it's tough for me to square the circle on how to take a Taoist approach to making sure that I have enough discipline in my life. Not that I have to be completely controlled or, you know, become like a robot or an automaton, um, but to have some discipline to keep a healthy, happy life. So how do you make sense of that, Dr. Todd? How do, how does, how, what's the Taoist perspective on discipline? Well, you know, um, you know, chapter 33 of the Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu, he had a little something that might shed some light on this. You know, in chapter 33, it said, you know, knowing others is wisdom. Knowing the self is enlightenment. Mastering others requires force. Mastering the self needs strength. He who knows he has enough is rich. Perseverance is a sign of willpower. He who stays where he is endures. To die but not to perish is to be eternally present. Hmm. Mm. So, you know, you know, everyone, you know, how does one have a sense of self-discipline? You know, everyone is different, and so different things motivate different people. Now, the key, I believe, ah. as Lao Tzu indicates, is knowing oneself. To be one who you know, s s stays where he is so as to endure. 
you know, if, if we really know who we are and we know where we want to go and where we are and where we want to go are aligned with our true nature, then just by being ourselves, we're getting done what needs to be done and we're moving in the direction that we need to arrive at if we remain on the path. You know, some of the... So so you're, you're kind of saying to me that, if, look, I should be a little less obsessed with keeping up certain routines or whatever and just, if I follow my inner nature, which if I'm sure and I'm clear that I'm connected to and understand, then the uh, the thing, then what is necessary in my behaviors will kind of fall into mm-hmm. place. I think, you know, if we truly know ourselves and we know what we love, then we can kind of turn our so-called work into play. You know, you know, the, I talk about yeah. doing a gong, you know, doing a regularly scheduled activity. And the word gong actually means work. But it's interesting that almost all of my classical Chinese teachers, you know, from China, you know, when I was uh, studying uh, Tai Chi or Kung Fu from them, when they when they would talk to us about doing it, they would say, oh, let's play Tai Chi. Let's play Kung Fu. Okay. It's like a child playing a game. You have to motivate the child to play. <laughs> no, not my kid. Dad, come build with me. It's Dad. natural. And so if we can tur- if we can get in touch with our own inner child, right? Our own imagination, our own sense of fun and adventure, then, you know, wh- where's the resistance? It just disappeared. There's no struggle, you know, to doing what makes us feel good. There's no struggle, therefore, to doing the right thing. And then, as Lao Tzu also says, perseverance is a sign of willpower, which means sticking to something so that it becomes kind of a habitual routine. But if what we're doing is what we love, then it becomes a routine naturally without any resistance, without us really having to struggle to do it because just like you don't have to teach and encourage your child to play, we don't need to be encouraged to play at what is allowing us to feel good, to be more productive, to be uh, better functioning, to be happier, to be healthier. It just comes natural. So the key is to truly be in touch with our own Tao, our own way of existing in the world, because all organisms are motivated by the the most powerful urge of all, which of course is to survive. And and if we can be, if if we can really feel that our survival is connected with this sense of playful enjoyment of what's really good and healthy for us, then we have it made. The struggle has been eliminated and we don't have to try to so-called discipline ourselves we, ju- we we just allow ourselves to be ourselves and play and have fun. Uh, it seems to me like you're talking about Wu Wei here, Dr. Todd. Yes. The way to do is to be. So, you know, I, I, I kind of I think about it this way. So it's like, you know, if I want to make sure I'm eating healthy, you talk about what you enjoy and what is play to you. Like, actually, I like eating salads. 
Like, salads are good. Like, I like salad, right? Um, I don't like coconut. Or I don't, you know, there's certain healthy foods that I'm not really into. So the key is it's like you want to eat healthy, eat the healthy foods you mm-hmm. like, right? Um, if you, you know, want to cr- make sure that you stay on your meditation habit, I like meditating. Me- meditating makes me feel good. You know, so it's almost like instead of me coming at self-discipline from a self-discipline for the sake of self-discipline, which I think sometimes people have for a sense of control, that go more towards a sense of play and enjoyment is what you're saying versus me. Maybe it's more me thinking I'm not in enough control of myself than me saying I need to do these activities. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? You know, and I think that in the world that we current li- currently live in, you know, there, there's all these uh, kind of like external authorities saying, oh, this is the proper diet. You know, this is the keto diet. This is the this diet or that diet. You know, this is the macrobiotic diet. You know, there's all these things that people are trying to impose, I think, externally, where when I think a more helpful approach would be to find what you enjoy and what makes you feel good and what makes us feel good ultimately should be what's healthiest for us. Because if it's healthy for us, we're going to feel good, right? <laughs> yeah, you could make a trillion dollars off of the, the Dr. Totten diet. <laughs> you you know? know? And, and, and my main prescription is authenticity. You know, finding our true inner nature and then using, as you alluded to, Wu Wei, you know, what comes natural, aligning what comes natural with what's healthy for us, which then makes us feel good, which then makes it absolutely uh, playful and easy to do. Because it's, it's, it's something that is in alignment with who we are and is making us feel good. You, no one has to be forced to do something that makes them feel good and makes them feel even more in touch with who they truly are. You know, it's almost like it's a, it's a blessing, you know, to actually have uh, some type of routine, you know, that one can practice uh, every day because that means that every day we get a chance to play and to be happy and to feel good. You know, I love that. I love it. It's such a positive way of looking at something that I see as, <laughs> you know, and it's the same thing. It's just, you know, how you calibrate yourself. It's like the old saying that, you know, excitement and was it excitement and fear have the same biological reaction in your body? It's just how you label it in mm-hmm. your brain. That's right? right. You know, but that kind of thrill uh, that one experiences when uh, in anxious states and in excited states is uh, in the brain is the same. So thank you for that, Dr. Tot. Now, I'll keep that top of mind because today is Sunday that we're recording. So on Monday is when I do my rugged, uh, I beat myself up every Monday uh, and get put myself back on the right track. So I'll, I'll be kind to myself and I'll massage these good ideas into myself instead of uh, beating myself up. Uh, let's see here. So before we move on, we just want to let everybody know that there are two ways that you can support the show. Uh, there are a lot of people that want to help us spread the word and always a um, little bit of uh, commerce helps us out because it does cost money to get this show going and it takes a lot of time. Uh, so we've launched a Patreon 
And through that, you get a, a different show that you can't find anywhere else called The 10,000 Things. And with that, we've got three episodes up on there now that you can listen to. One about Escape from Freedom, a book that we talked about on this show before. We'll be going depth here. Uh, we have more of our interview with Jane English uh, that helped translate the Tao Te Ching. And also we have a new one about the politics of experience by Artie Lang that we've talked about many times on the show. We do an in-depth dive into that. Uh, we've got a blog post by Dr. Totten, another one coming soon. And for all that, patreon.com backslash what's this Dow all about. And for five ninety nine, you get an episode of the 10,000 things, some fun blog stuff. And uh, yeah, and then also... You can support the show by making a PayPal donation of $35, and you'll get three guided meditations by Dr. Totten. They'll teach you how to get to the sacred space of the heart. We've also got an episode that no one's ever heard before unless you've, you've made the donation, and it's about finding your talents uh, so people can use that to see you know how to move forward in life if they've got a new journey they want to embark on after learning about the Tao. And now that the plugs are out of the way and we don't sound like the PBS telethon, but we'd like to thank everybody that has supported us. Uh, we just mentioned the Patreon thing on the last show, and already we've got people signing up. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, and everybody, I mean, the, the guided meditations have been very popular. I've been su- very surprised. Yeah, they're very powerful, actually. Yeah. So speaking of listeners contributing to the show, we got our first voicemail from a listener, which is pretty cool. We, you know, we get emails all the time. Um, we're always responding to those. You know, about 20% make it on air. Uh, we get a lot of emails, which is always nice. It's always people asking Dr. Totten for advice and wanting to follow up on some things we've mentioned. And we've got a cool one from Australia, from Queensland in Australia. And uh, a listener named Matthew sent us a voicemail. He was listening to the show and said, oh, I've got some thoughts. I'll just do a voicemail. And so he just emailed it to us. And it's kind of cool. He started off, of course, he says, Todd, you want to hear the part where I compliment the show first, which we always mention in our emails. Um, And then he goes into his thoughts on, we had a thing called the 10-Day Gong we've talked about on the show. And you can get it. You can download it either on the episode that says 10-Day Gong or on our resources page. It's there. We've got a whole bunch of stuff on our resources page on the website. And you can download that. It's Of course, that's free. And, you know... um, and the 10-day gong is kind of a meditative practice that one should do for about 10 minutes a day for 10 days. And after doing the gong, he sent us a review, so we figured we would uh, play that on the show. Very good. The, uh, another thing I wanted to share with you guys, uh, which is just something I'm having a little bit of fun with, I've been doing the, uh, the 10-day gong you know, kind of a few times now, kind of swap between the 10-day gong and the guided meditations, I really enjoy them all, um, but uh, just recently I've started doing a version of the 10-day gong meditation while running, and I've been calling it my running meditation, but there's a couple of pieces in there that I find really useful, and I want to share this with you. Um, I, uh, I really like, uh, you know, kind of running sort of along the trees or down, you know, a little avenue or something, and uh, keep looking at, you know, particularly a tree or a, or a plant and saying, uh, this, this is an object that has no name. And there's something weird that goes on to me when I do that because I, it's like I feel the trees more when I, when I do that. I don't really understand it. And to be honest, I actually don't understand the, this object has no name thing at all 
anyway, perhaps, you know, in a show sometime, you could just explain that a little bit more for me because I, I don't get it. But, but, I, but I do it anyway because I'm a student and I'm listening. Uh, but anyway, it seems, it seems to do a thing, you know, when I'm running. Also, the other thing that uh, works really well for me when I'm running is that wave of energy that, uh, you know, kind of from my feet up, you know, sort of up my back, down my arms, you know, kind of uh, back down. And, and I, I find if I do that, like a few times, the run just becomes a lot easier. In fact, when I look at my, uh, you know, kind of health stats from my watch, I notice that my breathe, my heart rate drops by about 10 beats a minute after doing that. You know, I, like I'm going to do it sort of two or three times. And then I just kind of get in the zone. I let the, let the sort of wave of energy dwell a little bit, you know, if I've got some niggles around the place. And uh, that's really good. And the other one that I find is uh, is really cool is uh, the inner smile. And I, I make sure to put that inner smile, you know, kind of on my heart and my lungs when I'm running, of course, because they're doing a lot of work. Uh, but also I direct it, to, again, to those places where maybe it's a little niggly. And, uh, and I find, you know, kind of the inner smile and the wave of energy, you know, like those little niggles, they just kind of dissipate, you know, when I'm running. So, uh, so yeah. And then I tried one, one sort of new thing, which is a bit of a blend of one of the guided meditations. Um, you know, kind of that pipe, you know, kind of from the top of your head down to your perineum and connecting with Mother Earth, Father Sky. I'm going to say, wow. Doing that whilst, med- uh, whilst, whilst running is uh, just just puts you on a whole other level. <laughs> so, so anyway, I, I wanted to share that with you because it, it's kind of sent me into this, you know, kind of line of thinking around, you know, what are the other ways that you can bring, you know, sort of Taoist uh, sort of meditations or practices just into everyday life and running. You know, at one level, running seems like the opposite because you're busy. You know, when you're moving and, and you're doing stuff, and yet it seems to just fit so so well with you know some of those meditation practices or exercises. So uh, I'd, be, I'd be really keen to hear you know any other you know kind of thoughts or ideas about you know other ways that we could you know sort of bring that into other other parts of life, like. You know, really heavy meetings at work, for example. I'd love to hear your perspective on that one. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's probably a long enough recording for me. Again, uh, really enjoy it. So uh, I'll sign off. Bye from uh, the uh, Bruce Highway, which runs down the east coast of, uh, of Queensland. And I look forward to uh, you know listening to more of the shows. Thanks very much. So, Doctor Totten, a um, lot, lot of stuff yeah, there. Yeah, that was great. I, you know, I think what's interesting is that you always talk about how meditation, when, we do, when we're sitting down on the cushion and meditating, that's just kind of practice for the real life and that ultimately the ultimate enlightenment comes when we are living life consciously as a meditation yes. in progress. Yes. You know, it's kind of like uh, Matt said you know, when he's, in that kind of just free-flowing state of mind, and he feels connected to, you know, as above, so below, you know, heaven and earth. Really, we're talking about being one with nature, you know, 
being one with the Tao, you know, that time just kind of slips away and he's just in the flow and, uh, you know, his all his vitals become, you know, better, you know, physiologically. I remember back when I was in uh, school and when we had to run track and when, when I could put my mind in that state and just imagine that I'm just kind of just floating along on a cloud almost and I'd, I'd extend my mind out ahead of me and so that my mind is kind of way out there and my body is just kind of being pulled along in the wake of where my spirit my mind is I didn't get tired I could run for miles yeah. and not even feel it <laughs> yeah, be oh, yeah because you're, you're not being exhausted by the physiology physiological process of, of running because you're in a state where you're just literally going with the flow and you're it's almost like you're in a transcended state when one becomes in touch with the Tao that allows your physical body to then uh, function at a higher level of efficiency so it doesn't tire you out as much. You're not as fatigued. And so, you know, Matt found that out when he applied it to running. And... You know, once uh, one gets to the point where you do something where it's not so much of an effort any longer, it's just part of the flow of what you're naturally doing, it becomes so much easier. So much easier. You know, Dr. Totten, he also says that he uses the... There's a point in the meditation in the gong where uh, one looks around the room and looks at different objects and will say, you know, this has no name. You know, like you'll look at your dresser and say, you know, this has no name. And it begins to change your consciousness about how we project onto things based on the names that we yep. call them, um, based how how we limit things by naming them yes. and by categorizing them, which is, I mean, it goes back to the first chapter of the Tao Te Ching. Um, uh, he wants to know, so why is removing that name from things when, when when we see them why is that so powerful you know kind of like you just said the, the first thing out of Lao Tzu's mouth was what the Tao that can be spoken or named is not the eternal Tao all right Tao. first thing out of Lao Tzu's mouth and so you know if we start to in fact and so in that 10-day gong the first things that I mentioned was you know looking first of all at your own mind and uh, and observing things without naming and judgment and then the second thing was yeah looking at things in your environment and just accepting them for just being there without any label or judgment because you know once we label something as something kind of like different separate from ourselves then because we have a polarized brain right hemisphere left hemisphere forebrain, hindbrain, top brain, reptilian brain. You know, because our brain is designed uh, physically in such a way as to recognize a lot of separation and division, it, it takes us away from being at one with our experiences within ourselves and in nature. And so by letting go of that and transcending those that polarization, that division, it allows us to flow in harmony with our environment without 
getting becoming judgmental and feeling that we have to label, identify, and therefore probably judge everything that we're looking at. It it makes us... And that's exhausting, too, having to judge everything that you're yes. looking at in every person and every situation. And, and look what it leads to in it, the world. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it would be interesting during an interpersonal react, interaction with somebody uh, just to think this person has no name. You know, it might be able to allow people to look at each other with yes. fresh eyes. Very um, much so. This is a person with no race. This is a person with no ethnicity. This is a person with no gender. This is a person. This is, you know, uh, this is a person with no age. You know, this is a person that doesn't have halitosis right now and is really killing me speaking with them because they have bad breath. But, you, you know, know, it's like my uh, Zen master says, you know, it's all about the present moment. And in the present moment, which since it's never happened before, everything is new. Everything is fresh. And so if we could look with eyes that saw everything and everyone with fresh new eyes, moment by moment, just think of the state of abundance that we'd feel connected with and the excitement, just like a little child, you know, being in uh, a, a beautiful park or, you know, some something exciting for the first time. Just think if we could enter all of our interactions in life with the innocence of a little child being exposed to something fascinating for the very first time, how interesting life would be. <laughs> so now let's move on to chapter 7 of the Tao Te Ching. I guess I'll read it. And this is from the Jia Fu Feng and Jane English translation. Heaven and earth last forever. Why do heaven and earth last forever? They're an unborn so ever living. The sage stays behind, thus he is ahead. He is detached, thus at one with all. Through selfless, through selfless action, he attains fulfillment. Yes. Heaven and earth last forever. You know, the, the notion of starting something implies an ending. See, we've already kind of uh, bracketed it uh, between there and then, right? But if there is yeah. no start because something simply is as in its nature, then it has kind of transcended separation. You know, that's why, yeah. again, going back to my Zen teacher, he says, that, you know, if you try to attain something, to start something, he says, you're already lost. <laughs> he says, better to be fully present in the present moment since all is there in the one, and we simply need to perceive that which is already there. And so by transcending this sense of duality by full engagement in the ever-present now, we experience the Tao as abundant. And so, as uh, Lao Tzu says, through selfless action, the sage attains fulfillment. You know, yeah. So if you're not separate from your environment and you're and you are not separate from yourself because you're thinking about your and overthinking everything, again you just through Wu Wei you have this effortless flow through life where you have a continual sense of abundance because it at this moment in the universe is 
everything, everything that is, everything that ever was, everything that ever will be. Talk about being wealthy, <laughs> you know, having yeah. having just absolute abundance. And so, and then of course, if we have absolute abundance, what is the emotion that is um, attuned to that? Gratitude, deep mm. gratitude. Yes. And Most so, important. if we're moving through life feeling abundant, feeling connected. And as a result, feeling deep gratitude, uh, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> uh, they also, you know, in this piece, it talks about, you know, the sage stays behind, thus he is ahead. You know, the, sta- the sage isn't out there, you know, looking for applause or for someone to commend them or someone to give them an award or to become rich off of what they do. But... As I was reading Derek Lynn's translation, he says, you know, the the sage is just looking out for others and kind of staying behind and not not being the leader of the pack or not putting themselves out there. But eventually the sage will be elevated if only for the fact that everyone will see that the sage is truly the best Mm -hmm. leader and that naturally um, the sage will will get noticed by their deeds instead of being boisterous or you know bragging or, or anything like that or being ostentatious. Yes. As Lao Tzu says here, he is detached, thus at one with all. And through selfless action, he attains fulfillment. You know, again, a very different mindset, I think, than uh, what we're familiar with uh, here in the West. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. certainly politically, you know, you know, st- oh, yeah. staying behind and thus is ahead, you know, you know, it's kind of like, you know, by kind of just going with the flow of nature, seeing what people need, and then responding authentically and helping people with with their, um, uh, you know, just natural needs as an existing organism, and then helping to create the conditions for people to feel fulfilled. And for them to experience that same sense of abundance and therefore gratitude, you know, that really is a, a really unique uh, kind of prescription for a, a leader, for a king, for a prime minister, a president. Um, it's, it's a very holistic and, and certainly very Taoist way of, uh, you know, looking at um, what, what is the, the, the role or function of a, of a manager, of an executive. Um, kind of this this leading by example and leading by following by the sage stays behind, but thus is ahead because by staying quote behind you know one can actually see these authentic needs of people and respond to them, which then is is going to as you mentioned will have people saying, "Oh, what an incredible leader this person is." It was. It reminded me when I was working at ninety-seven point one, the FM talk station in Los Angeles, and I started off as an intern and wound up getting a real job there and working there for I don't know five years or so. And there was a guy there named Ron, Ron Escarcega was his name, and he was the operations manager of the station. And now you you had other people that were the big wigs, like the program director, that had this big personality, and the the general managers, guy Bob again, big personalities, and you had all these kind of famous radio hosts that did their shows there. There was a guy named Ron, the operations manager, and he never seemed out for his own glory or he was never haughty to anybody. And he was nice to the interns and nice to the on-air talent. And he just kind of facilitated Mm -hmm. everything. 
And in the end, everybody knew that nothing got done without Ron. Ron was the guy <laughs> for everything. You go to Ron. You go to Ron. You know, and Ron kind of subtly ran the whole show. Nothing happened without Ron. So, but it was this attitude of him just kind of facilitating yes. everything, like the great leader we always talk about that um, Lao Tzu talks about. So when you were talking about that immediately, and everybody's had that office manager that at the end of the year always gets employee of the year because they just make life so much mm -hmm. easier for everybody mm -hmm. else. You know, and it's not that they're taken advantage of or that they're, you know, have no backbone or anything. It's just they allow everything yes. to flow. Yes. Wu Wei. Just let it go and let it happen. But by being in touch with what's authentically correct, you know, for each individual, and then allowing them in the substance of the great Tao of nature to align what's inside with the environment, with the space outside. So that again, there's no separation. Everything just connects, and it's perfect. It's just perfect. Perfect.